Hi guys, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Film Angle. My name is Chris. And I'm Alex. And it feels like it's been such a long time. It's been two weeks since we've recorded another episode for you guys, or you've got to listen to a new episode, and it feels like it's been forever. We've been pretty good at consistently knocking out the content pretty much all year. And uh, yeah, oh, it makes you feel, you get withdrawal symptoms. You feel like you're, you're a bad person. <laughs> you feel know, like it's not I right. I, I feel like I haven't spoken to you in ages, not properly, you know, like we have the odd message here and there, but I've started a new job. You've mm-hmm. started a university course. It's all just going a bit uh, mad in our lives at the moment. And yeah, we had to take a, 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 a break, which, you know, was a bit of a last minute decision. Um, but yeah, we're, 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 we're getting used to our schedules again and, and trying to get mm. back into the flow of things. Um, and uh, yeah, for me, it's now trying to find time to watch films as well. That is the biggest thing, right? Yeah. I mean, we're before I was just like, I felt itchy if I wasn't watching a movie a night and I am like forgetting to watch a movie a week. Um, it's not, it's not, it's just something that's not the forefront of my mind, which, which I want, I want to change. I want to get back into the rhythm of it again. Cause I'm, you know, I miss movies and there's so many good things coming out at the minute that I do not want to miss. Definitely. Definitely. And the most annoying thing for me is um, the letterboxed stats Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, when you pay for those stats and you see that little gap in your in your <laughs> weekly history where you haven't watched any films, makes me very sad. And I haven't been able to go a year without one gap. And this year now I'm, 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 I'm on my second. And I'm, I'm a bit sad about that. One film I, a week. I can do it. Come on. Uh, I know. I mean, like whenever you have um, your diary and then you have the monthly breakdown of what movies you've seen. I mean, I, lo- I used to love it when I could scroll through through the pages of what i've seen that month and now i can't even fit like a third of a page it's um it's it's very sad but yeah we'll 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 fix that and we're gonna come in come into oscar season pretty soon so i i i, I think we'll re-spark the the kindle that was kind of running out there definitely definitely and i i made sure as well being the the little marvel nerd i am i was like <laughs> schedule out some time for Wakanda forever uh, at oh, the yeah. weekend I was like and that's a long film as well bloody sick of these long films yeah it's like nearly three hours as well right I mean this I seems to be that. like the the Christmas period of three hour blockbusters I know I know I mean I guess the demographic for the Marvel films has has very much changed and it's no longer children it is it's uh, young adults and mm. um, probably people like me and uh, who need to get a life in their mid to late 20s. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say it, but um, <laughs> you, you know, it's true, though. I mean, like even when the MCU as we know it today, when it started, you know, it started in 2008 with the first Iron Man movie. Those kids have grown up now and they're they're You know, some of them probably have kids now and they're it, it's strange, isn't it? I mean, the passage of time has gone so quickly. Um, you're right the audience has changed but it's it seems seems to still be like a powerhouse mega trend that you just can't stop like they're just gonna keep making movies till we're dead <laughs> yeah yeah there will there will be a marvel universe after we die no, no doubt. <laughs> it, is, it is like turning more and more into the comics now isn't it where it's like there's so much content that you have to kind of pick and choose what you're gonna see and if it mm. doesn't it you know they're linking slightly less maybe you can't really tell at the moment so it's kind of like well if i miss she hulk it's okay even though that being said i did enjoy she hulk but you know. see it's really aimed at people like our age who really are good at keeping tabs on things i mean i feel i feel for people who are probably you know at the 
or the elderly or like the slightly older audiences or young audiences if you're just little kids and don't have the ability to rent or stream because it's completely dependent on their parents so they're going to these movies now and a lot of them are relying on your knowledge of what you've seen on disney plus and there's going to be like little things that don't make sense um and i think that's going to become a bit more normal as disney plus solidifies its place as like a marvel content producer it's um yeah it's a funny place we're at with uh with media in general especially now roku's in the game with uh the new (laughs) weird owl film uh i definitely want to um put some time aside for that i'm very excited for that one um I mean, this this episode might just be us talking about films that we're excited to watch when we finally get time again. <laughs> I know those those are things that are just popping in my head just thinking about it now. Um, yeah, I know it's it, it's crazy, but um, we, there were some things I managed to catch up on. Like there are some there are good things out at the minute, and yeah. um, it's been nice when I've had time to kind of take little moments to catch up on things, especially you know being horror Halloween season. I felt so disappointed because usually like I'm I am on it, man. Every Halloween, I am like 20 horror movies in that month. No problem. And I probably did like five, you know. (laughs) Um, Okay, yeah. See, I I did get quite a good chunk of Halloween films in. So I was all horror films. Oh, yeah. Um, You had a wide range of different types of horror movies. You had you got some, you know, arty ones under your belt. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So. A whole, a whole wide range of, 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 of different ones. Actually, um, uh, my favorite out of the Halloween kind of, uh, well, I called it horror October, uh, films that I was, I was watching, um, was actually probably a film called Lake Mungo in the end, um, which I don't okay. know if you've heard of, but it's, it was, uh, it was recommended by my friend, uh, Ben, who, who kind of put it on, on a bit of a, a boys' film night that we were. <laughs> Uh, partaking in and um yeah it was uh, like this australian mockumentary horror film about a uh, a young woman's uh, death and how her family believe that potentially uh, she is kind of haunting the house that they're in um so mockumentary like it's a comedy uh no no it's it's played very seriously it's kind of strange um i think I would almost be tempted to play it uh, for people and not tell them it was a mockumentary because it hits all the right documentary points that we're so used to now and Mm -hmm. edited in the way it moves. Um, But yeah, I mean, even knowing that everybody's acting in it, uh, it still gave me chills. And I wouldn't say it was like completely terrifying or anything like that. There's no big Mm -hmm. jump scares or anything like that, but it's just a really unsettling film. And there's a few yeah. pieces of images, uh, in, especially near the the kind of final act of the film, which kind of really unnerved me. And uh, yeah, I'm. I think I, those sort of fine footage movies are very. Is it like fine footage? Am I right? It's like a mix. It's like a mix of found footage, documentary. Um, oh man, I do you want, I, I, just. They're 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 just so reliant on on the sort of vibe you know like the, the it's so reliant on the atmosphere and and the sound because usually these sort of movies don't really I'm, these kind of horror movies don't have much of a soundtrack mm. and um I, I remember watching we're all going to the world's fair a great a great horror film earlier this year and even going back to like probably before 
um, the Blair Witch Project, there was a, a, a found footage movie. I think it was the first ever one called um, uh, Alien Abduction, the McPherson tape. tape. Have you ever heard of that movie? It rings a bell. It's like, it, yeah, it's the first time they ever done it. And the whole thing about that movie that made that so creepy was that it probably actually was shot on, on videotape. So it has this like really like home. It feels like you're watching somebody's home movie, mm. and it's in the it's in a cabin in the mid well in a country home in the middle of the, nowhere, and we're seeing like really sort of distorted dark light POVs and everything, just white noise. It's the soundtrack basically, just like that fuzziness you get on the VCR, yeah. and uh, like that's the sort of stuff that's really unsettling. I think Paranormal Activity had a little bit of that, um, but obviously you have it more of a production value going on there but when it's like really kitchen sink you know finger get your nails dirty sort of filmmaking it's um it's really unsettling yeah yeah no uh, this this very much follows almost like a netflix documentary style i mean it was 2008 so it's prior to right. the netflix documentaries but obviously you know they've kind of popularized this kind of talking head um you know slowly revealing information throughout the course of the film kind of style um gotcha but yeah i mean i'm surprised uh some somebody like netflix hasn't got it on there because it kind of does fit into that system very well mm. but yeah no really an unsettling film so I, I i recommend checking it out um obviously i've told you it's a mockumentary but if you were to sit down with lauren or something like that i'd, I'd almost be tempted <laughs> to not tell <laughs> anyone that yeah. it was a mockumentary it's that convincing it, it yeah it's that convincing yeah Right. Okay. But obviously, you know, when you get into some of the more haunting, ghosty stuff, right? I guess that depends on how you feel about those things. And <laughs> I, I, if you yeah. were more skeptical, you would potentially, um, you know, see the seams. I guess of like these guys are acting because of this, yeah, you know, yes, you get what I'm yes, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, let's hope all our <laughs> listeners do as well. I'd be in one of those. I'd be probably in in the in the camp of the skeptic. Probably, <laughs> I would. As soon as I yeah, I'd be like, all oh, right, okay, this is a movie. <laughs> yeah, no, um, that, that's my problem as well. <laughs> don't you wish? Like, isn't that an interesting thing? Don't you wish you could go back to? I, I was having this conversation with Lauren the other week. It's quite interesting that right. We shouldn't probably show kids horror movies because it's you know it's it's not good to frighten kids or neither is it appropriate sometimes but i remember being a kid and i was really really exposed to horror films pretty regularly um my auntie used to rent them all the time and we'd watch them together even from being a really young kid and they just work so much better when you're a kid when you're so completely naive and the world is so much larger than you and you have no understanding of anything and then you're just seeing something on screen like you, you're watching nightmare on elm street on the tv or hellraiser and like your mind doesn't think all oh, right this is like a production of people you just think it's flipping real you just think it's yeah. something you just think it's something that some creep like got his camera out and filmed and now you're watching it in in your own bedroom at night in, in pitch black it's 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 i really wish horror movies could affect me like yeah. they used to I mean, I still love them. It's one of my favorite genres. I love how fun they are. And, you know, sort of seeing the seams is kind of why I get out of it. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I, it, I agree completely. I, but also, do you feel like like the kind of kids slash family films that we grew up on had an element of fear in them that you don't really see as much today? They're a little bit more sanitized. 
mean like kids family movies or sorry yeah, you talking or about just like you know like you know films like jurassic park and jaws mm-hmm. uh, you know i am just saying like et no. even like you know spielberg was a master of bringing like that childhood fear into films in a way that that still wasn't so terrifying you couldn't go to bed but i remember being quite scared during some of those films it brings in true fear um but a lot of films that are aimed at kids these days are kind of sanitized i i doubt you yeah you know like jurassic world dominion i doubt any kids are going to be that terrified of it depending on their age yeah i mean there is i think because you get that tangible actual essence of fear in the original jurassic park but there's also i think it's also the way movies look nowadays they've got this whole sheen of gloss painted over the screen where when you go back to the original jurassic park obviously these aren't real dinosaurs but we're we're seeing cutting edge technology and puppetry and we were shot in film so everything has this like you know you see the t-rex on screen and you're like right okay that's a real your kid yeah that's a real fucking t-rex and that's gonna hurt these people and there's there's a real element of danger here and now it's just like um you know kids are so overexposed to everything and i and i, and I think it, yeah it, it just it's lost that element for for me i don't know i, I can't I'm not speaking for kids i mean maybe they feel different but um yeah. Yeah, that's certainly. I mean, Jaws. Jaws is a PG. I mean, like, gotta be the <laughs> the harshest PG in, in history. But um, yeah, no. I mean, that scared the crap out of me as a kid. I, the opening scene where like it's nighttime and the and the two lovers are, are swimming in the in, in the in the waters and she's completely thrashing around and gargling and oh, it is nasty. I mean, that's that's stuck with me for years. Every time I watch Jaws to this day, I'm like, oh, maybe I won't go into the water this month. Maybe next month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think you have a, a, a going back to what you said about like the glossiness of these mm. big digital blockbusters now. Um, it is such a shame that like I don't know. There's there's an element of texture that that's kind of been lost. Um, I think some films are good at kind of you know dirtying up the lens a bit and and kind of bringing a bit of roughness to the digital um, to the digital kind of screen. I, I you yeah. know I recently rewatched the Batman again and I think that does a really good job for the most oh, part yeah. in in really because that's all shot on digital but it looks like it was kind of shot on film. It looks a bit grainy. It looks a bit dirty. I, I kind of yeah miss the whole that the whole point texture. yeah the whole point of that movie is that like it feels like you're watching a movie you know just like the car chase in with the penguin and the batman it feels like you're watching the whole movie through like a rear view mirror just like that scene is shot um it feels so like you have to search through it um that's what's kind of fun and um fun about that film but no you're so you're so right um i i think also tension is missing from a lot of modern movies too um i think they don't trust audiences to be along for the ride as much so we kind of speed things up or we fill things up with not a necessary uh content let's just say we we overstuff plots and um when you think about things like the you know the traditional spielberg movies they're very simple there's not really yeah a lot going on in terms of plot it's just really effective original filmmaking and it just gets it gets the one thing right you know gets the fear right and it just it doesn't need to say oh this backstory with mosquitoes and here oh we're going to this country now we're going to this country and here's this evil guy it's just like right you're on this park how how weird and fucked up is it that you're on a park with dinosaurs now and uh all right yeah 
of course they're going to fucking eat you because don't mess with nature and don't <laughs> don't dig up the past um so that's uh, you know you know what i mean it's it's um it, it is interesting i i i want to draw your attention i watched um i caught up with barbarian the new horror movie last weekend mm. um a lot of hype from a lot of critics online audiences seem to kind of been a little bit love it or hate it um okay. but i was really excited nonetheless um i went to go see it and it had that thing that is missing from a lot of new um modern movies where it had the tension it was oh my goodness i forgot to breathe half that movie it was incredible it was the most invigorating um experience i had watching a horror film in a long time and i i've seen a lot of horror movies and I, I, I get the hype, man. I mean, I do not want to spoil it for you because this movie is so reliant on you not knowing anything. I mean, yeah. it really, it really is. I know give pe- a very vague... Um, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know, can, like, I can just only... Sell, just sell me a ticket, you know, uh, with a vague <laughs> plot, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, don't give anything away. Is it coming to Disney Plus? Am I right in thinking it's coming to Disney Plus? Is it? Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Quite a hard I don't, film. I don't, it, yeah, I mean, anything seems to be coming to Disney Plus now. You know, it doesn't seem it, it doesn't have to be just Peter Pan these days. Um, mm, thank God, though. <laughs> yeah, Peter Pan ten. Um, we it, the basic premise of this movie is just uh, a woman turns up to uh, a house in the middle of the night, and it's an Airbnb, and unfortunately, it seems like she has double booked the property the same night with. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, <laughs> um, who we all know plays um, plays it, Pennywise the Clown in It. Mm. Um, so <laughs> you're already kind of thrown a little bit off balance by that. Um, so he seems like a really nice guy. You know, um, she's still a little bit, she's realistically hesitant as we are as an audience. Is like, really? Don't, don't go in this house, right? Okay. Um, but... I'll just leave it at that, and that's the first five minutes of the movie. I can't, te- <laughs> I, I can't tell you anything else because it will, yeah, it, it needs. I can't even tell you if something's a surprise or not because it'll just completely. You'll be expecting it, so just go in completely blind and be ready for your mouth to hit the jaw, the your jaw to hit the floor multiple times <laughs> because it is, it is absolutely crazy. Justin, <laughs> we have Justin Lawn in this movie too. He yes. is actually he's really really funny. Um, it, yeah, it does a, a miraculous thing that a lot of movies can't do. It is one moment, absolutely like it is so terrifying. But the next moment, next scene, you'll be laughing. Uh, you'll be like absolutely crying with laughter. And I don't, I can't think of many movies that can achieve both extremes of emotion at, at, in a two minute period. Um. No, this movie definitely does. I'm really excited for you to see. It's really well shot, has a really cool minimalist kind of modern score, but it just completely fucks with you. And that's mm. what the best horror movie should be. Um, yeah, it's one of the best things I've seen in a while. Um, Chris, should we, should we chat a little bit about a film that we actually watched together? It's been a few weeks, but obviously, <clears throat> um, yeah. you know, it is probably worth talking about a film that, that we actually went to see in the cinema together, not just separately. We uh, yeah. we went to the watershed in Bristol and we watched Park Chan-wook's 
new uh, drama, thriller, crime film. Uh, it's called Decision to Leave. Um, hmm. uh, if if you you know well. Not that you would forget the film; it was a it was a relatively decent film. But you know, if you can remember the details of it, it was a it was a little while ago. But um, yeah, like, did you want to chat about that? Um, I you know what I I I would struggle coming up with this, remembering the details. This is a this is a prime example of a movie that demands to be seen twice. Um, not to say that in in a bad way. I mean, I really enjoyed the journey. I remember we came out of the cinema and we it was you myself. And Lauren went to see it, and you guys were quite not not frosty, but you you weren't overly bald over by it. Yeah, I I I remember feeling quite rather different because might I might not necessarily picked up everything that was kind of you know what Wick was trying to do in the film because it is a very busy film. There's a lot of things going on. We have the central plot, and we have a lot of things going on under the surface too. But overall, I would say I was really enjoying the whole vibe of it. I think it had this very Hitchcockian feel to it, where it was very creative. It had this rear window with a bit of vertigo sprinkled in as well. Um, it was a beautiful film, and, and and that's something I'm no stranger with of Wook's work. I think this is probably the fifth film I've seen from his. Um, I was a big fan of the Vengeance trilogy, even though I'm probably Old Boy is probably my least favorite of that trilogy, which is probably um, an um popular opinion but yeah it is he, he's very <laughs> yeah it is it is an unpopular opinion but um he's very very good at the excess usually and mm. um i like it in his movies when he tends to scale it back um i wasn't expecting that from decision to leave i was expecting a little bit more of the the old boy version of his filmmaking um but i was actually quite surprised i i find that movie quite soft and gentle yes. and i i thought it was very I actually really bought into the central relationship between the two characters. Um, I, I, I thought there was a real depth to that relationship and something, a real good spin on the femme fatale. Um, it, we didn't really kind of know ourselves whether she was the bad guy or the good guy here. And um, the movie does a real number on us and really kind of puts us under a spell that our main character is under, really. I think it did a really good job there. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely more restrained. Um, I I must say I I didn't I didn't uh, buy into the relationship as well um, as maybe you did. I think it's difficult because the main character is very much played off as a bit of an idiot for the most part. Would you say I don't? I I, I it was difficult for me to sometimes. Well, it's difficult for me to relate because I'm not an idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I would beg to differ. <laughs> uh, but no, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't sure whether uh, I was supposed to be um, rooting hmm. for this guy or whether I was supposed to be like screaming at the screen, being like, "You, sh- you stupid man! Like, what, what, what are you, what are you doing?" Um, I, I think a lot of it is to do with tone, and I think it takes a while to realize that half of this movie is a comedy as well. Um, there are some laugh out loud moments sprinkled in here, but um, I, I think it takes a, a while to warm up to that. Um, it, it's a sort of bubble that all these characters are existing in. I, I think he is, I don't think he's an idiot. I think he is, you know, he is head over heels. And I think he's someone who's just like completely unhappy in his existing relationship 
and um, kind of goes through the motions. Um, I, I I think he probably would have felt more like an idiot if his sidekick didn't really do all the, the leg work for him. Um, yeah. You know, he was quite a fun character, but no, there, I think this movie really would benefit from a revisit once you know what you're getting into. I think there is a lot of, I think decision to leave was kind of marketed as a, as a, Oh my God, you're not fucking ready. This is kind of messed up shit. You're going to be watching. It's never Park Chan-wook movie. Mm. You're, you know, you're going to be seeing some messed up things here and people doing really just, decisive things but it it ended up being kind of just like a beautiful kind of essential really interestingly shot kind of caper um slash kind of gothic romance so i think revisiting that might be a completely different experience or things will click that didn't click before because you're not busy thinking about what kind of movie am i watching um yeah that I think that's probably what takes you out. Sometimes um, there's a lot going on and, and you're trying to work out what the tone is and what the end point is going to be. And sometimes things get lost in translation. And I don't know if that's a fault of the movie or a fault of what we bring to it. Um, I, I, this, on this occasion, I thought it was a fault of my part. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, it's interesting you say um, that it takes a while to warm up to kind of realize that there's a lot of comedic elements to the film i think maybe that's another part where the film lost me a bit um i I thought Mm. it was quite unfocused at times um and and again like it's not a bad film i i think it's really well shot and the hitchcockian style really does come through i just i just struggle to you know get on board with certain elements and i guess i didn't um you know hit that kind of emotional ride that i've ridden with other characters in Park Chan-wook's filmography yeah. um, and it was just kind of left feeling slightly cold by this one and it's kind of big um, uh, I, I don't know how you'd call it it was quite a melancholic melancholic ending would you say um, I, I felt it did I will say I don't know if it's a negative because I really enjoyed sitting in the movie I enjoyed the spell that it put me under because I think some of those backdrops and those sort of moments where him and her confronting each other about where they are in terms of their relationship to each other. And you got these, some beautiful snowy vistas in the background, some scenes, and it feels like the movie is going to end about 10 times. But um, I don't know if I hated that. I actually kind of, I, I kind of, by the end of it was kind of falling under its spell. And I, it was, it was a really fun film to set into and just kind of lose yourself. I felt, yeah, yeah. You definitely, definitely weren't bored. I think that's that's fair to say. <laughs> Maybe you were. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Just um, you know, intrigued, interested, uh, but just emotionally not mm. um, connecting with me. Uh, decision to leave. Uh, we never really spoke about what the film was about, <laughs> but it's about a. Uh, it's a been a few weeks. Kind of gets wrapped. Um, into a uh, kind of femme fatale situation. And yes, her. A, did she? Did she not kill her husband? And how yeah. that unravels um, over the course of the film, and um, kind of, you know, kind of, you know, breaks into his world. Yes, that's that's a good that's a good opening, and then it kind of takes off from there, yes. and it goes. Yeah many different side plots and other things are related to characters that 
and it's a lot of it's a lot of realizations, which is a big thing to Park Chan Wook's his movie his movies usually have a third act where we get like ten realizations that are supposed to really blow blow your world up. Yeah, it's um, usually a lot more nuts, isn't it? Like there's yeah. usually someone that makes you go, what the. Yeah, it's usually ends in a big bloody fight at the top of a high rise building or something, or or yeah, or some creepy guys hiding in a basement uh, that you didn't know he was hiding there the whole movie. It's something like that. Um, but yeah, no, th- this is definitely his more his more restricted movie, which which is saying something because this is actually kind of a wild movie for any other filmmaker. So to say this is like a bit, people are disappointed by how tame this was, is like, I think that comes with his reputation as well. He's kind of Definitely. in that Bon Joon-ho territory in terms of like, you're expecting to see something a little bit like, um, a little bit uh, eyebrow raising. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, Decision to Leave. It, it, it Released by Mubi, so will no doubt be on their streaming platform within the next couple months. Uh, mm. definitely one to check out I think it's uh, probably my least favourite of Park Chan-wook's filmography however um, still very much worth taking the time to watch it because as you can see dividing opinions in uh, and people, in people love it people do really really love it what about the movie that everybody's talking about and nobody can stop getting enough of black adam um that was i was a, a movie i was never excited for i saw the trailer umpteen times at our local cinema and every time it came on i thought like i was just like gonna sink into my chair uh, so have you seen it or no i haven't i i'm never gonna see this movie I'm so, <laughs> you just wanted to spend I still haven't a seen, minute I, shitting on black adam <laughs> dude i i still haven't seen justice league because i just I, I i cannot be bothered with a Zack snyder movie i know some people are gonna get really get really upset by that but i just I, you know uh, the only the only dc character i have time for at the minute is is um is aquaman <laughs> I also have a lot of time for Aquaman, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm quite excited to see Aquaman too. Um, when are we getting it? I, I, next year, I think. They're having a complete meltdown over there. But yeah, I mean, on your point with Black Adam, uh, yeah, I, it it sounds intriguing to have the Justice Society versus The Rock. Um, I'm, oh. I was never going to go out of my way to watch it, I don't think, after seeing that trailer. I got um, nothing from it. I felt nothing. The, there was humor supposed to be humor in that in that trailer, where it like ends in this sort of climatic part of the trailer is that he he catches like there's a there's a group of normal people in an SUV in in the desert and he's out there and then a missile comes toward Black Adam and he just catches it and the joke is that it blows up in his hand and after the smoke disappears he's still there. <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> just. I mean, it's good. It's gonna be just you know some C-list superheroes versus a you know like a badass. Um, <laughs> and plus, it's the Superman Rock. You don't want to see him play villain. it straight. He's villain, sometimes villain, sometimes anti-hero. Right, and and I get from the trailer. I I'm not big. I'm not knowledgeable on Black Adam as a as a as a canon character. But is he quite straight faced? 
Is he quite is he quite serious self serious? I got that from the trailer anyway. I don't know too much about him, but yeah, I I believe that's the case. So he's actually like Shazam's main villain. Right. It just seems like why waste the rock on he, that's not his thing. Being, he's been it, cast it, for like fifteen years in this role now. He's he's just not been able to get the film off the ground. That makes more sense now, because this is exactly the sort of thing he would have done fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. We're talking it? Scorpion mean, Kane era The Rock here, right? It is kind of mad we haven't seen him in a superhero film, in a way. Um, but I guess he, he is, is like a superhero in everything he does, of, right? It's true, it's true. He's slightly bigger, uh, like, he's more of a persona, isn't he? Kind of, yes. Um, you know, could you, you know, like Chris Evans could step into Captain America and he's Captain America. Um, no longer Chris Evans, but you put The Rock into a superhero film, and he's still The Rock. <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you just see him like sort of pouting and scowling. It, it kind of just looks like it, it. It doesn't look. It looks like dress up. It doesn't look like a serious actor playing the a, a serious role. He's like some sort of ex-slave superhero anti-hero guy. You know, it, it feels. It, it it doesn't feel right. I still feel like he's going to be coming out with a pun any second and that that's that's the thing so it'll be interesting to see yeah definitely i mean i i don't want to share on it too much because um dwayne johnson could beat both of us up single-handedly uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh and he listens to the single take single pinky too i think for a little <laughs> but yeah i mean interesting news about james gunn taking the lead on um the kind of future of DC films? Did you see that? He's been cast as the kind of or cast. He's been um, you know, given the role of the Kevin Feige of the the DCU as it's now called. Um so interesting to see him in the helm and what and how he kind of takes the franchise going forward, maybe. It definitely does feel like DC needs like a person to come along and say, right, okay, I'm sorting this mess out. This is where we're gonna go. Um I don't know if James Gunn's the person to do that i mean at the end of the day he's a he's a filmmaker and um that's more in the tool set of somebody like kevin feige who's been doing this sort of shit for years but um yeah no dc just needs a flipping big mop it needs a big mop to clean this mess up at the minute um next 2023 is going to be a really interesting year for them because you know they've got so much to deal with yeah, it's true. It's true. And the Warner Brothers thing's all a bit weird at the moment. That being said, I know James Gunn is not, like you said, he's a filmmaker, not a producer, but he does have a good wealth of knowledge of these characters. And he has yes. got a proven track record of, of taking characters that people know uh, little to nothing about and making them, uh, you know, more mainstream and, and, yeah. and kind of uh, palatable. Um, so. You know, I, 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 I think it'd be interesting to see how, how he gets on. I, I, I don't feel like he's put a, a foot wrong recently in the superhero world. Um, so I really liked his Suicide Squad film, and I really liked the Peacemaker show that, that span off from that. So, I mean, I mean, so, it'd be interesting. As, as, as long as his kind of comedic sensibility doesn't tarnish the whole thing, because I think that's where it would go wrong. But I, but I think even he knows that you've got to, you've got to, no, he definitely has an understanding of how to make the the thing work, right? But I, I my first my first ever exposure to James Gunn. I did you ever watch the indie Rian Wilson film uh, from the mid, from the two thousands called Super? 
Yeah, um, and I won't lie, I didn't like <laughs> Super. I didn't think he was like... I was a big fan of it as a kid, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen Slither, I've seen Super, and obviously he wrote the Scooby-Doo films. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I would I would say he's, uh, you know, since Guardians of the Galaxy, he's um, he's had a bit, he's had a good track record. <laughs> I, I just thought there's no better tagline for a superhero than shut up crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, no, but it's very interesting. But we're just—I don't know—I I, we're still at this point. We keep bringing this conversation up every time we talk about superhero movies. I'm sure. I'm sorry, I bring it up a lot. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. I'm no. I'm saying we're like, are we bored? Are we really bored? We keep telling each other we're really bored. Yet we usually devote a whole episode to one, and we like to talk about it a lot. I know, um, I know. We're probably going to do it next week when we both see Wakanda Forever, yeah, aren't we? But you know? Maybe because it just affects the film world so much. You know, it doesn't. It has a ripple effect throughout the whole industry. You know, it, it's it's what gets. It's what's unfortunately it's what keeping cinemas and theaters still going. Right. Um. We we kind of we kind of. They tilt our heads down at them sometimes, but we are relying on them at the same time. And uh, so, I mean, I like a good superhero movie. Whenever it works, it works, and it's so good. But you gotta keep it, you gotta keep it succinct. You gotta keep it simple. You gotta, you gotta learn from what the other ones did right, or or do something different. I mean, no, I, I, I don't, I don't mean that because the whole point of the new Matrix movie was that they were making fun of people who tried to repeat. Uh, past successes um and we shouldn't probably be doing that because that's how we just make watered down versions of the original just like jurassic world dominion was for jurassic world <laughs> jurassic park um but no th- th- I, there's always an interesting story to tell i think the boys definitely succeeded in doing that and in, in television form and people are really excited about that and you're actually you've got a point to tell here and you've got a slightly different story to tell but um yeah, I mean these big bluster, big blockbuster, beat 'em up, big fights in the city, superhero movies. I I don't know if really a lot of people have a lot of time for them. We need to start telling more interesting stories, and hopefully we'll get that from Black Panther. We def um definitely got that from the first movie. They've definitely got a difficult time trying to sort this one out with the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I I've only heard early responses from the film, but I've heard that that is something that they do very well which i'm not surprised with i think even the trailer was very indicative of of what they were going to be doing with that you know it it seems like a real sort of tip tip the tip your hat to chadwick because you you know it was such a great loss and so much time has passed already actually since he's passed away i think it's Mm. it's been two years already two or three years um and we're only mourning him now in film form but it it still feels so fresh and raw um You know, especially I, I rewatched Black Panther recently, and just the regality that he had in that role. Um, maybe Michael B. Jordan did steal the steal the show, but Chadwick definitely held his own in that movie, and he will definitely be missed. And I'm really interested to see how the movie handles that, and how they pass the torch, and uh, if it's still the same without him. So it's going to be a really interesting experience. I'm hoping you know it's a it's a Marvel film that that manages to kind of make you emotional um but i realize as well um they can only spend so much time in the kind of tearful tributes when yes, um, you know yes. their core audience 
is yeah I, I hope it warrants being nearly <laughs> three hours long <laughs> yeah yeah um it's gonna be interesting i'm really interested to see how it goes i have fond memories of the first black panther film i think it's one of the the best marvel films not the best but one of the best and at the time yes, it came out it really did kind of breathe a um a breath of fresh air into the mcu and obviously i i think we've been a little bit mixed and down on the last few entries so you know maybe this will mm, come along yeah. and breathe some some life into you know um a bit of a run that's a bit stale maybe for sure no really looking forward to catching up with a few on that one next week nice well should we cap it off there then uh with our uh you know our, our wakanda forever hype uh as, as we get ready <laughs> to watch that but yeah no i'm uh i'm looking forward to catching up with a few films i've got quite a few to catch up with um but yeah definitely as mentioned scheduling some time for black panther 2 and trying not to fall asleep <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's been the film angle for this week uh we're back we're back baby so- softcore back <laughs> softcore back <laughs> This we'll, was our we'll little catch-up episode, our reunion <laughs> episode, as we get back into the swing of things. Um, but yeah, make sure to go follow us on Instagram, uh, like and subscribe, and uh, tell everybody you know that the film is back, baby. And uh, <laughs> We're back. You should, be, you should be listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that, sounded like, that sounded like a threat. <laughs> you should be listening. <laughs> Um, so yeah, check us out next week, guys, where I'm sure we'll do a big in-depth Black Panther episode and maybe some more. We'll see how it goes. But yeah. Yeah. I'm Alex. I'm Chris. And this has been the film angle. Goodbye. Goodbye.